You're listening to the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, your source for news, reviews, and questions about the cell phone industry. Visit us at www.thecellphonejunkie.com. Hello and welcome to the Cell Phone Junkie. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. And we're up to show number 69. Joey, today we've got a very special guest with us, and uh, he is uh, actually live with you in your studio in Minneapolis. His name is Aaron. How are you tonight, Aaron? Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, well, before we get going in here to the show, why don't you give everyone just a brief history uh, about yourself, why you're a cell phone junkie? Well, I'm, I'm very honored to be considered a special guest. Um, my needs are generally pretty special in the sense that uh, I like low-cost uh, wireless plans. I'm not uh, quite. You're like you're on Virgin Mobile, right? I am. I am, and I it's 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 really good for me. Um, the the only thing that that could be better is their phone selection. It, it, it's pretty lame. Well, but but tell but you came from Quest, which I wouldn't exactly call having the best phone selection out there. But yeah, true, I, and and Sprint before that, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I work I work for Quest, and uh, the only reason I went with Quest is just because they they gave us a, a deal uh, as employees. Um, but uh, you know, it's not that much of a deal um, because uh, you know if you really shop, you know, if you're the the, the frugal shopper and really uh, see what's out there in terms of plans. You can really get some really good deals. I with with you know you just have to really dig deep. Sure. Well, and you've come from like I said, you've come from a you know a postpaid carrier to a prepaid carrier now. So yeah, obviously, obviously you've you know that's from from what I know about you, that works out very well for you, and and it's something that you. Um, I don't like you being know, tied down. I don't like exactly. Contracts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just it, it uh, they're very you feel encumbered, you know, with contracts. You you're, you're very um, you, you feel stuck, you know. It's it's kind of sure. like a kind of kind of like almost like a second mortgage or something having a sure. cell phone contract, you know. Absolutely. So. Well, you know, it's great to have you on tonight. So we're we're excited uh, for the show, and we've here. got a lot. Absolutely. Got a lot of stuff to talk about, so let's get right into it. Uh, the first story that we have is uh, from uh, Sprint, and Sprint has come up with an answer to um, what it takes to have good cell phone service at your house. And they've partnered with Samsung, and they've come out with a device called the AirAve. And the AirAve is essentially a, a box that's, I guess for lack of a better term, a Pico cell or a Femto cell, and it takes the CDMA calls on the Sprint network brings them in and reroutes them over your home network. So it goes over an IP-based system uh, back to Sprint and then gets rerouted out to the caller. So why is this good? Well, you're basically creating your own destiny as far as the service in your house if you've got one of these devices. Uh, The box costs $50 and the service is $15 a month and that supports one person or if you've got multiple phones in your house, it's $30 for a family. 
and you basically take the phone, plug it into your network, and uh, you get great service in your house according to it. So a little bit different than what we find with T-Mobile's hotspot at home service. I think um, many people are thinking, okay, so what kind of phones do I need? This works with any phone that Sprint has because it is a direct CDMA um, input from the phone, and then it, it reroutes that signal um, over an IP system. So it's it's not like you need a, a specific phone. We've got one that we'll talk about a little bit later on the show here. But what I think is great about this is that you're you're able to um, they're 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 putting out something right now that is supported directly by a carrier, and so I'm I'm hoping that this will be something good for Sprint and that it will help them. Um, I, you know, Joey, I know you've got Sprint, and and Aaron, you're using a phone that's on the Sprint network. Do either yep. of you have any comments that you want to say about this one? I mean, it's um, I don't I don't know that I necessarily need this one. I've got a great service cool. at my house, but yeah, this this thing is awesome. Um, to be able to have like local coverage just just within your house is is really cool. Um, Joey and I were kind of talking about pricing. Um, it seems kind of kind of random and kind of on the high end, I think, just for you know, considering that you're using your transport infrastructure to backhaul your 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 uh, signal back to Sprint. I mean, it, it, we were thinking it's almost like they should be paying you. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. O- the only thing you're getting out of it is that you do get unlimited free calls when you're at the house, so True. it won't use your your daytime network, but still. You're not using a sprint power. You're not tying up their spectrum. Yeah. So maybe for someone who's in the, you know, has a home office or something, and you've got a, a phone that you're using with them, um, you know, this this could definitely be a definitely be a plus. And um, it's looks like it's available in only select markets right now. You've got Denver and Indianapolis are the the two markets that you can use it in. But it looks like they're going to be rolling it out nationwide in 2008. So that's the Samsung AirWave. It does turn up the heat on the, the T-Mobile, uh, the T-Mobile service. Yeah, it's it's definitely got something something that you know to be said for you know what their product does and in using you know specific phones that they've got that you have to use on the network versus you know a, a product that is available um, with any phone that you have. It doesn't make you purchase specific hardware, so that is pretty good. Uh, next here, we've got a the AT&T BlackBerry email address is going to be changing. Now, for those of you that use Blackberries, you're familiar with the BlackBerry.net domain that gets assigned to you when you have get a, a BlackBerry device. And depending on whatever network you're on depends on the domain. So, for example, the uh, if you have an old singular BlackBerry, you have mysingular.blackberry.net. Uh, and what they've decided is that sometime in October or November, they're going to be changing that mysingular.net um, address to AT&T or att.blackberry.net. Now, um, f- those of you who are going, well, what does that mean or why does that even matter? It, um, it's a big deal for people who don't have access to BlackBerry Enterprise servers or email accounts that have uh, the ability to get, um, get email pulled on an, uh, in a basis that is, that is immediate, so like a direct pop. Um, poll from a Gmail or Yahoo or whoever. And what the, what you can do then is you can forward all your emails to this address. And as soon as they hit that address, within seconds, they're sent out to the device. And it's very convenient. Um, you can then, of course, set your reply to addresses and all that fun stuff. And it really makes for a very convenient kind of workaround solution for people who don't aren't able to do this. They are going to be forwarding all emails to the mysingular.blackberry.net addresses uh, to the new att.blackberry.net address through March 1st of 2008. Um, After that, I guess you're just kind of out of luck, which is, you know, a little annoying to say the least for those 
that use it. But hey, for those of you who don't use Blackberries and are not on the singular old singular network, you don't really have to worry about it. Um, just one of those things that that they have decided to do. Yeah, the timeline seems so arbitrary. They just choose six months. Let's just make it six months. I mean, they could leave it for years and years and years. It's a very it, short time. It, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't take any more resource, resources on their end. I, I don't know. But, you know, if, if you really like your email address not to change, you have to take control yourself and not rely on other parties to, to control your email addresses. Um, and one mm-hmm. of the comments in there, you know, explains why, you know, somebody should have their own domain name and use, you know, they forwarding can, exactly, and yeah. they can have any email address they want. I mean, I do that myself. I mean, I have a, a Coppus, you know, domain name and I can create as many email addresses as I want and they always will stay the same and I can forward them to wherever I feel like and always be, you know, consistent with my email addresses. So yeah. It's kind of you get you have to kind of you know work around the system a little bit too. Well, and also I think you've got you've got a, just just a general uh, just for the general public who uses this, you're not exactly thinking about the fact that something like this would change, and so that's one another reason I thought it'd be interesting to mention, just important to mention because people who are using it may not be aware that this change is going to be happening, and you'd hate to all of a sudden come March 1st, oh, my email doesn't work anymore. Why is that? Oh, well, they just decided to change it. So, um, you know, just to get it out there, and if you know anyone who's using it, make sure you pass it on to them. Next, Verizon has come out with a, a great article, uh, press release here, that I, I thought really was fun because everyone over the last three, four months has been talking about iPhone. It's iPhone this, iPhone that. You know, they've sold a million iPhones. They're going to sell 10 million iPhones in the first 18 months. Well, Verizon said, well, you know what? We launched the LG Chocolate in the United States uh, back in the fall of 2006. And in a year, we've sold 3.4 million units of this. And um, if you look at that as a quarterly average, that's 850,000 units per quarter. And Comparing that to the iPhone, um, just a little bit under how many of the iPhone have sold. Now you're you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, um, you know, is that because of the the cost or of the the styling or whatever it is? I think it's just because that's just how many phones get sold that are very popular and get you know marketed. You know, a lot of marketing dollars pushed towards them. You've got um, a phone that Verizon heavily touts as you know one of their music devices, and they're really not looking at anything special with it you know it's a it's a, a sliding a sliding design keyboard um, it's got buttons on the front of it back when we first started this show um, I was talking about this almost every single week because of all the the news that was out there about it um, and now no one you, you hardly ever hear about this thing anymore they came out with a chocolate too but that doesn't really mean a whole hill of beans to a lot of people because there's other phones that are out there now but um, I thought that was a great comparison when you're looking at, okay, well, the iPhone is just taking over the world. No, the chocolate's still sold more than it, and that's just your, your basic slider phone. Yeah, and the, uh, the, I mean, the chocolate, they did advertise it pretty heavy, and it was kind of one of the new revolutionary devices that, that really got into the hands of consumers uh, that was a media-playing device. But, I mean, Apple's so great at putting the spin on marketing that Definitely. you can... That you know they they make themselves out to be the best and the greatest in the world, or or the only, yeah, exactly <laughs> the only media playing device out there. Yeah. Um, but it also goes to show that Verizon is a, a big carrier, and I think they're probably a lot bigger than AT and T. You know, they've got a lot more power. I think. They're, mm-hmm. they're, Verizon's definitely going to have to make some inroads with Apple somehow. I think 
I, I just I, I, Apple is is becoming Apple is just huge. They're they're everywhere, and and especially in pop culture, where which is the biggest cell phones really. And I I think Verizon won't do that though. They don't want to be involved, you and know? they they told Apple they did not want to be involved because of the extreme. They turned it down. They yeah. turned it down. Yeah, but you don't think they're kicking themselves now? No, actually, no. Verizon. No, Verizon's really? business model isn't to go for that direction. Really? Yeah, they're consistently more expensive on all their plans. They they want to they want to maintain a different. They kind of got the quality focus. They do, like, like the the voice quality, the coverage quality. They're not so into the the, the gadgetry. No, they want to they want to maintain a, a consistent network. Yeah, interesting. It's yeah. Well, you know, you talk about them getting in with with Apple. Um, you know, one of the you know one of the other stories that we I want to transition into here in in their focus and and Joey, you're you're right on the head with being consistent. Um. Verizon has decided to adjust the contract policy to accommodate for military customers where they are now able to suspend their contracts for up to 48 months. And what that means is they're going to have two 24-month suspension periods for accounts that are held by active military personnel, basically making it easier for you to stay a customer of Verizon without having to just you know, cancel your contract, pay an early termination fee, and then come back to it. Um, it. It's pretty easy. You just give them a call and give them your account number and uh, be able to provide the military base that, that you're on. And um, then if you have the date that you want your service restarted to provide that as well. But um, Aaron, you had a great point about this. We were talking before the show. Why is this now that they're deciding to do this? You exactly. Know? Exactly. It's it's just It just seems like uh, sort of a too little too late i mean people are so people are people just feel so stuck with these contracts and you'd think uh, verizon would have been more proactive and and uh you know just just from a pr point of view you'd think that they would uh be much more um conciliatory towards our troops you know who are overseas and and uh, obviously there's no coverage over there they're not going to be using their cell phones over there you think they would have done this back in like 2003 or something, 2004 maybe. And at the have. same time, you don't hear anything else from any of the other providers, though. So I guess you got to give them credit there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at some point, you're right. You probably will. Well, the uh, the city of Phoenix is taking a a big step forward in what, what a topic that we seem to continually come back to, and that's text messaging while driving. And the Phoenix City Council um, had a decision on Wednesday evening to ban the use of uh, cell phones for text messaging while driving starting on Thursday, the 20th. And so basically for the first 30 days from the 20th till October 19th, any of you that are living in Phoenix City city limits like I am, um, if you're seen texting while you're driving, you will be subject to a warning uh, by Phoenix Police. After that, you'll face a fine of up to $250 plus an additional $200 plus in surcharges. Um, obviously, not the first city in the in the world to, or the first country in the world to to ban this, but the first city in Arizona to pass this legislation. So it was a pretty big deal. Um, one interesting thing that people are going to ask is, well, how are they going to know? Well, I would say easier said than done. If you're using your phone and you're so 
concerned and focused on your phone that you're maybe you're just dialing a phone number but if you're not paying attention to driving i would say that's enough to say you're texting while you're driving it will be considered a primary offense meaning that you can be pulled over for it i expect to see a lot more cities across the country to take a hold of this especially cities that are that are really concerned about you know the safety of the residents because it comes down to you know a distracted driver someone who is you know probably at the same level of concentration on the road as someone who's, you know, had a couple of drinks. I mean, you're really, your reaction time has slowed down. Um, and it was, you know, you're just, you're, you're very, you're not focused on what you should be. And well, we've like, talked about, yeah, we've know. talked about this. I don't know how many times it just keeps coming up. Just like that one person I saw one morning, I saw her texting at the stoplight and then I was behind her and she was just swerving all over the road and nearly hit a car head on. Yeah, you you know these uh, companies they 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 there there's the public service announcements there's education but uh, when that fails that's when you have to start looking towards the law books and going yeah. towards enforcement and uh, it'll be interesting because this this uh, you know there's it seems like there's some loopholes in this in this uh, particular Phoenix uh, well, maybe so but you know it's it's i think it's i think it's good because it at least gives it gives the driver um the fair warning that look if you're using your phone to a point where you are so distracted where you're not really paying attention you're going to get pulled over you're going to get cited that's just the bottom line and right. and i think it's good i, I mean really as long do. as long as this is not abused uh you know by the police it, you know that sometimes becomes you know, you almost have to worry about that in some circumstances if, because if this is a primary offense, you know, oh, they just had a cell phone in their hand. Let's pull them over because they look suspicious. You know, I, I don't want to see it, you know, I don't want to see it become that. And I, I know that a few other states ban cell phones outright, right. which, is, which is good. I mean, in, in certain, you know, to me, that I think that's actually kind of good. You know, New of course, York City, headset, I believe. Yeah, New York City, District of Columbia. Um, but... I don't know. I, it, it, it's, I'm curious to see how this will shake out. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned New York City, <laughs> which leads us to our next story. Uh, if you are a New York City subway commuter, you're probably well aware that, of the fact that when you are, once you go down into those subway stations, you're not able to use your phone in them. Well, the New York City Transit has announced a deal with Transit Wireless, and they're going to be paying $46.8 million dollars over 10 years for the privilege of installing service in the 277 underground stations that are currently lacking coverage in New York City. Now, the cell phone providers will have to pay Transit Wireless for their customers customers to be able to roam on the subway network. I don't think what that means is that you will pay roaming charges on it, but rather the providers will be paying the service. If I understand that correctly, guys? I, I think that's the way it will Probably. be. Probably. Um, uh, unless the cell phone carriers decide not to do business with Transit Wireless and then leave them in the dark. Yeah. Um, hard to say. I, I would imagine it would be a seamless. Um, you could, you, you know, because I could, that, people would just turn off their phones if they, if they, were, wire, if they were roaming. Mm-hmm. I, I don't that's know. true. I, it's well, tough to say. Yeah, I, I, I mean, cheapskates like me would anyway. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I wonder how they're going to be able to re- recoup their costs. The transit wireless. That yeah, that's crazy. I mean, they're going to out, outlay two hundred and fifty million dollars just for tra- for underground for stations. Roaming. Yeah, are they going to make that back? I don't know. That's that, 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 that is that is that is really a 
crazy thing. I there must be huge money in this somehow. I, I there, don't. Well, I th- I think I think more than anything, and one thing people have to realize is that this is not that the the subway passengers are going to be able to use the phones while on the subways. Um, Only right. in stations, just in stations. Right. So the but the the proponents of this, you know, are citing that passengers need to be able to send text messages and and make calls out of the stations in case of emergencies. Well, okay, fine. But, you know, as soon as you get into into the subway and you start to take off, the call is going to get dropped. It's going to it's going to fail. So, um, you know, as we uh, as this starts to happen, as this starts to to pan out, it's going to be uh, six stations are going to get rolled out in the next two years. So we're going to probably see the rest of them within the next four years. And then, like I said, this is over a 10 year span, but quite a bit of money. So it'll probably next make year, more sense as as time moves on. Yep. Next year, one of the bigger stories of the week, Verizon is chosen LTE, which is uh, long-term evolution, um, the acronym LTE, uh, for their fourth-generation network. Now, what this means is right now, Verizon has, for their high-speed data connections, over the CDMA protocol, they have EVDO, um, Evolution Data Optimized, is what that stands for. They are currently in the process of implementing um, Revision A, and that is, you know, bumping up the upload speeds um, significantly and uh, the download the downstream just a little bit. Next will be Rev B, which is supposed to be a bigger step um, as far as the speeds. But getting into Rev C, which was going to be the, the next major iteration change where they were going to change things over to, I, um, I believe that was the iteration where it was going to change it to where you could actually make phone calls and have data sessions at the same time, which you can't with the current um, revisions. Um, anyway, they've said we're choosing um, LTE as the standard. What makes that uh, big news is that that's a GSM standard, and um, for the the manufacturers of the chipsets for EVDO and for the proponents of EVDO, where where's that? They're the they're basically the biggest user of the technology in the world. So what does where does that leave this standard? Um, they're not talking about a complete switch over to the GSM technology for all voice calls, just for the data side, but at the same time, you, you have to wonder what they're doing. Now, Vodafone has also announced their plans to take on LTE as their fourth generation path. And Vodafone, as many people know, is the 45% owner in Verizon Wireless here in the US. So the relationship between the two companies obviously has something to do with that announcement. In the in the the press release that they 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 let out. They also said, you know, since their release of the BlackBerry 8830, um, they've seen a great um, a great usage of the GSM technology built into that phone for roaming international. So I think they're kind of looking at it. Well, if we're going to be migrating in that direction, maybe we want to look at for the data protocol as well, being able to have that um, you know worldwide standard. So I don't know, guys. Do you think uh, do you think CDMA is uh, going the way of the dodo or is it just uh you know just a a, a change in how the the data is going to be going yeah i think it actually it, it this could be with the iphone you know the the popularity of that a phase out it it could this could be the very initial stages of the phase out of cdma i i don't think it's not going to happen immediately i mean obviously they'll probably use cdma um, you know, for for as long as they're not gonna, you know, ten, there's not gonna be years at right, least. yeah, yeah. They're not gonna like just cut it off immediately, like like uh, doing with black. <laughs> it's much 
But um, over time, I think it, uh, it they'll phase it out. I think uh, calls will be routed over the data networks. Well, that's a good point too, because you're going to get to you're going to get to a point where you're going to have enough bandwidth to be able to do that. Right. And for for the for the the person who's looking at um, you know multiple different I don't know. I guess I would say multiple different applications at the same time. Um, you know, a voice session and a data session are the two most popular. But then you add in some other, you know, what other things? You know, pulling down, um, you know, different instant messaging clients or email. And I'm I'm saying kind of in the background sessions, not just a, a user generated session. But um, add add all these things up, and you're looking at a pretty big pipe. And if they're able to do that with LTE, yeah, you definitely could see them starting to route everything over it. I wonder if. Uh... You know, I wonder if they actually with this with this uh, LTE. I wonder if the voice calls will be routed over the data. Kind of makes you wonder. Well, you know, IP based, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they certainly could. I mean, they that that might just be the the beginning of the end there. It, it yeah, it's very possible. I know we've talked about voice over IP quite a few uh, quite a few times in other episodes. How Verizon was uh, doing a major. Uh, back-end overhaul to convert everything to voice over IP. Six billion dollars they're dumping into that. And so. even that AirRave product that Sprint just just is probably maybe a like a test product of their whole WiMAX. It would be as too, well. You know, I mean, they're that's the direction they're going. So I think you know, it's it's I think the uh, I think they're kind of at a like stage where where they're they're ser- all the carriers are seriously considering. Um, the the whole data transfer space for for sure, definitely, definitely, yeah. That's that's well, the future. Speaking of standards, the uh, the next interesting topic that uh, that came out here was the manu- the cell phone manufacturers Samsung, Motorola, Sony Ericsson, LG, and Nokia. So I would say, arguably, the five biggest in the world have agreed to use the micro USB as the charging plug standard for phones going into the future. And what that would mean is those of you who have all your mini USB chargers and plugs and all that good stuff that you use, those are going to be eventually phased out as we've found with pretty much every other USB um, device. They're all kind of moving over to that mini USB. Um, But this micro USB is going to be the standard. So I'm looking at it one of two ways. And you either have a a group that is looking to make more money off the sales of accessories and chargers and things that would be sold that would all use the same standard um, or the aftermarket market, which is used to, you know, for every new phone that comes out, they get to make a new plug and make a new, uh, you know, car charger or, you know, additional home charger or desktop charger, whatever it is. And, and they're going to be losing money because now you just buy one and you can use it for every phone that you buy going into the future. So, um, but at the same time, they're controlling uh, how things are going to get changed. So when we go from the micro USB to what the next iteration of that is, that's going to be interesting. Huge cottage industry, the, the cell phone accessories and cables. I know it is in the computer industry too. Um, you know, you have the, the, well, or, or ink cartridges for inkjet printers. I mean, just notorious example right there. But yeah, the accessories are huge in the cell phone industry. Yeah, I think that uh, this will this will probably take off to some extent. But I always feel there's going to be there, there's always going to be exceptions. There's always going to be a particular yeah. device that needs more current than the, the mini than the micro USB can provide, and they're going to have to have a uh, you know proprietary connector because it won't be enough power, and th- it it's going to be kind of a it, it's. It, it won't be 
universal across every device made by these manufacturers. Or some some cool phone will come out and they'll they'll be like, well, we're so cool, we don't have to yeah. that standard, you know, because people are going to buy our phone anyway, and 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 you know, if they want to use our phone with you know charge it, they're going to have to buy our charger too. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I've got some some pretty exciting news here. Um, we've got an exclusive. And I'll say exclusive, not to us, but um, from one of our from one of the sites that we follow very closely. And this is Mobility Today. And Dave just sent me over a a note here on Skype that there is an exclusive um, exclusive photos up on his website. Now, of course, as with every other story, I'll put a link in the show notes here. But the AT and T Tilt, the Verizon XV sixty eight hundred, and the Samsung i seven sixty. Um, are now uh, basically out in the wild. And I've got some pictures here um, that, that prove each of these or showing each of these phones are live and they are, they are, all, they, they are all looking very, very slick. I think um, especially with the, the example that I like of the i760 with the slide-out keyboard, um, you know, this, this is going to be a, a new uh, change in how a, a phone is designed. It's got, uh, you know, you don't have to pull out the, the QWERTY keyboard to do anything with it like you do on some of these other ones. But um, uh, anyway, going back to the story here, it's, it's really neat to see that these are all out because there was some controversy this week on the AT&T uh, tilt and there were some fake photos that were out there. And in fact, I, w- I had wanted to mention them, but then I found out, yep, guess what? They're not, uh, um, you know, they weren't legit. Well, now we've got some legit photos, so I'm excited to see the tilt. No dates on any of these um, to say, but I'm excited to see that they are, in fact, uh, manufactured and ready to go. Um, on to some other device news here. The Apple iPhone is now available on three different networks in the uh, continent of Europe. Uh, the first one is O2 for the UK, and the phone is going to be released on November 9th. The unlimited data plans, similar to what they did with the um, uh, with the iPhone here in the U.S., they have a 35-pound, 45-pound, and 55-pound voice plan that includes 200, 600, and 1,200 minutes, uh, 12 or 200 SMS messages, just like here in the U.S., and unlimited data. Um, you know what? Actually, that's that's not right. 200 for the cheapest plan, 500 for the other two plans. But anyway, the phone itself is going to be 269 pounds. Um, so translate that over into dollars. It's going to be actually a little bit more expensive than the ones over here uh, in the United States. Uh, but nonetheless, it is going to be uh, similarly running on an edge network. Um, O2 does not have an edge network. Only 30% of the country is covered with it. Um, so I'm guessing between now and November 9th, they're going to be upgrading that network um, to have edge coverage everywhere. Um, the uh, the Germany release is T-Mobile, and T-Mobile uh, is going to be dropping that phone also on the 9th of November, um, eight gigabyte model for 399 uh, euros, and um, that includes um, the VAT tax and the two-year T-Mobile tariff. I guess they've got um, they've got some different fees that are on there. Anyway, it will be also through the Edge network, and uh, pretty much the same as what we've seen here. Um, as far as France, the iPhone is going to be on the orange network there. And that one is a, a, wasn't quite as specific in the details, but from what we know, it's going to be launched before Christmas and on orange and no costs or anything like that on it, but look for it also to be uh, on the edge network. 
the T-Mobile BlackBerry Curve 8320 uh, has been released. And that phone is going to also work with the hotspot at home service. And what makes that so so great is that between uh, uh, for the hotspot at home service, from the time they launched it to now, you've only had two options for phones. You've had a Nokia device and you've had a Samsung device. Hardly devices that the uh, the business person would want to go with. So the BlackBerry Curve is a great option now. You've got Wi-Fi and mobile calling available. Uh, if so, if you have a, an office um, at your house where you have a Wi-Fi network, you can use this service to make unlimited calls throughout the country for $10. Uh, or uh, when you're out and about at Starbucks coffee shops or just able to connect to another Wi-Fi network. Um, but the great thing is, of course, it's a BlackBerry, so you can get all your email on it. And it's the the great design of the BlackBerry Curve. Guys, I'm really excited about this one. This would almost make me consider a switch over to T-Mobile because they've got such great pricing on their plans. You know, add in this hotspot at home service, you're able to make um, unlimited calls from from areas such as your house or your office and whatnot. And I, I think they've done they've done a great deal. I think out of any device they could have chosen, I think the Curve is probably the best one um, for Absolutely. them. Absolutely, yeah. I've I I've been looking at Blackberries myself. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little turned off by the by the BlackBerry plan that you have to buy on over and above your your cell phone plan. But but this uh, this uh, uh, Wi-Fi compatible uh, BlackBerry is really really cool. Um, it kind of goes back to the whole uh, pricing thing, though. Uh, in my opinion, um, you know, anything that 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 where you're supplying the network, um, they they should be paying you to to you know to use it or they should give you a rebate or something uh for for your usage because uh you're not tying up the spectrum i don't know what do you guys think well you know at at, at one point i agree with you but i think for for what it's worth you are you know for 10 bucks a month i still think that's, that's you can't cheap but that's is the cheap. intro price though I mean that, that I think their normal price is like twenty. Fifteen or twenty it 15 was. Fifteen or think, twenty, right? I think it was. Yeah, that was like a like a like a six month deal or something like that. But um, get on if you get on it now though, then you're locked into that price. Yeah. So that yeah, yeah, and then six months from now if you were to get it, then you would you would have to pay the extra. But Yeah, that's it. But you know what though? I, I think I think the, the popularity of it is gonna dictate that because well they call it an intro price if if it's slow to take on, why 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 would they raise it? You know, true. Yeah, this device will definitely be a nice uh, launch point for this service for them. I think you know if you have a home office, this would really be a nice service. Just as we talked about the Sprint one, uh, this mm-hmm. will get this will definitely uh, help the mobile service here. Especially if you're like in the Pentagon where you want to have cell phone service <laughs> or something, you know. So but you have Wi-Fi or something. Yeah, so naturally they're going to let you just plug in your hotspot at home Wi-Fi router to the to the Pentagon network. No yeah, problem. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, two new Motorola handsets also came out here, and those are the Riser Z, as in Zebra 10, and the Rocker E8. Uh, the Riser is a, just as it sounds, is a uh, sliding device, and the uh, Rocker E8 is the um, just a new, uh, I guess, whatever you call the you know the phone or the uh, the music playing devices. It's got a two two gigabytes of internal storage on it, um, with expansion via micro SD. Now I, I believe I've the uh, the riser is going to be and it, it looks like you're the Symbian OS and um, it's so it's going to be a quad band edge GSM HSDPA um, device with a 3.2 camera on it and um, 
with a micro SD card as well. That one I think would be, would be a pretty good phone for just the average, you know, the average person. It's got a better UI than, than the other Motorola devices that we've seen in the past, you know, and then add on some of the high speed data stuff on there and a nice camera on it. Um, you know, for those that like the slider design, that's a good option for them. And, uh, of course, someone who wants to have a whole bunch of storage and put their music on it, um, what they call the multifunction Omega wheel, you know, for flying through your music. Well, first of all, I, I'm a little surprised that they reuse the rocker name because it's got kind of a dubious. What's the, what's the term? Um, uh, it's, it was a piece of junk. How's reputation. that? Reputation. Yeah. The, the, the 100, <laughs> the, the thing that only stored a hundred songs. Uh, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, I, are they going to use, uh, do you know, do we know if this, uh, rocker E8 is going to support iTunes or not, or is it uh, proprietary Motorola software to load the phone? You know, um, I, I know, I know I there's know like a one. current, there's a current Motorola phone that works with, iTunes, I think. Uh, well, they might have discontinued it, but um, I know there was a phone other than the first rocker that used iTunes, and it too had a 100 song capacity. I think it was some sort of uh, some kind of deal that really didn't deal between Motorola and Apple that that really just really kind of fizzled out. Yeah, I. I know what you're talking about. I don't know the I don't know the name of that phone, but um, I, I think more than more than anything, this is going to be a, a good chance for them with this one to get back into what was what will probably be a market that's going to need something besides the iPhone. Um, in, in as far as the the music playing market now, you know, Nokia has got their devices uh, that that hold plenty of music. You can play it. You know, the LG Chocolate. So there are ones out there, um, but but yeah, it's. It is interesting using that rocker name on a something that was not not a real uh, you know big seller. I mean, a hundred songs is, yeah. is hardly. I, I wish them luck because um, they you know if, if it doesn't support iTunes, if it doesn't have any sort of connection with Apple, good luck. I mean, you know, Apple is just they they've got that 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 magic that marketing magic. Yep. Well, I mentioned yeah. Nokia, and the uh, the Nokia sixty three zero one is uh, has been announced, and it is Nokia's latest uh, cell phone and uh, UMA or Wi Fi um, accessible phone, and and this will be obviously a GSM phone, like the majority of the Nokias are. It's got a two megapixel camera, MP three player, uh, FM radio, and um, it, it does have a wireless LAN connection to it. It has not been announced with a specific carrier yet, but just the fact that it's going to have the UMA technology built into it. So uh, possibly a, you know, one of the, one of the new T-Mobile, uh, a new phone for T-Mobile maybe, where they can throw this on their hotspot at home service or a completely different carrier with a completely different service for all we know. Um, but just good to see additional devices that, that are coming out that you're able to use uh, not just a terrestrial um, network, um, cell network, but also a, a Wi-Fi network that you're able to implement yourself. Um, I think it's a great, a great way for, for these manufacturers to go. And last but not least here, before we get into the comments, we've got one software story. Joey, you and I have been talking about this on and off. Uh, the Trio uh, maintenance release for the uh, Verizon 700P, 700W, and 700WX is now back live again. Now, 
I'm hoping the issues that they had of this software maintenance release, bricking the phones, causing phones to not boot back up, all those problems has been overcome. I, I don't think anything has been changed with this. It's Is this the, the 100th time it's been released now, I think, <laughs> or 600th time? I read about bricking the phone uh, just like a few days ago. That that is that is an interesting thing. That that's the whole unlocking process with the wrong authentication or something. No, no. This this software or, up, this is something different. This software updates just a it's just a patch for your operating system to fix some bugs and it was killing the phone. Just, yeah, yeah. But that's like the term. Like to kill a phone is you brick it. Yeah. Oh, because mm-hmm. it turns it into a brick. It's you unusable. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, like like a coaster, like a coaster uh-huh. of a burns CD. of a bad yeah. disc. Oh, that's exactly. Crazy. Okay, yep. I didn't give it that much thought. That's yep. that's you... funny. <laughs> Good metaphor. <laughs> a brick. <laughs> so anyway, they uh, yeah, I think this uh, probably the third time I think we've announced it that it's that's out. So um, you know, be careful with it. I don't want to see anyone um, causing problems with their phones with this one. But anyway, it's back out again, so you can go download it. Um, from Palm's site. Okay, so questions and comments here. Uh, first one here is from Jerry, and um, I'm looking to get Jerry on one of the, the next couple of shows here, so look for him again. But he says, just a, a bit of information, the Apple credit, which you mentioned in the last show, cannot be used for iTunes. It's only applicable to the Apple retail and online store. Plus, anyone wanting to use the credit on the online store must put a put the rebate number and PIN information as a gift card when checking out of the store. It was not clear when I made my purchase for the, the iPod Touch. So a good point there just to make sure that... Uh, I, I apologize for mentioning that. You can't use it for iTunes, but you can use it for other things. Yeah, this is the, this is that credit that they're giving to all the, the pre-existing iPhone, the early adopters. Right. I, that... Uh, that- I, I never it never really occurred to me that I would have been able to use such a credit for iTunes. I, I just I I don't know. I read that and 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 I I guess I, I I that doesn't surprise me. I would have thought that it would be towards the purchase of a Mac or or you know like something on the iTunes or sorry on the the Mac site on the Apple site. And I was completely uh, kind of taken aback by that comment just because if I was an iPhone user. Um, you know, I am a Mac user too, and I'm going to be buying Leopard when it comes out here this fall. But I would have rather used it for to buy songs on, you yeah. know, through iTunes. Definitely, so. that's a good, that's a great idea. It just never really occurred to me when I when I read the news about that credit. I I just instantly thought it was towards Apple products, you know, hardware and and it and is. Yeah. <laughs> so and it, and it is. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, next here, question from Ryan. He says, I got a free 8125, which is the, uh, the singular or AT&T 8125 from uh, about two years ago. Anyway, so I got a free one from his work, uh, and he says he really likes it. However, the one thing I don't like is the size. It's quite large, um, but I do like the slide-out keyboard, the pocket PC software, and the touchscreen. It's not an iPhone, but it will do for now, especially for free. My question is, do you know when Windows Mobile 6 will be available? Well, about six months ago, I, look, I started to look back at some of the stories that we talked about. It was about six months ago when AT&T was stated that they were going to be doing uh, the Windows Mobile 6 upgrade to all of their Windows Mobile devices, and we have yet to see it yet. So my thought is that at some point, it's just going to kind of come out, and it's just going to be available, or they've just kind of given up on this one because now we're already up to, what, the, the 8525, the Titan, and like we just talked, the 8925, the Titan 2 is going to be out here soon. So maybe they've just decided not to do it. 
unfortunately, you can't just go grab you know any Windows Mobile 6 ROM. There's certain uh, spe- uh, specific files in it that are specific to that phone. So unfortunately, uh, you got to wait for that. But thanks for the question on that one, Ryan. Next here, a voicemail, uh, also from Ryan, and this one is about the iPhone. Hey, guys, this is uh, Ryan. Just got a a question. Um, When the uh, iPhone was released here, there was no 3G support. And then uh, I was just reading uh, The Boy Genius, and they just said that the UK version is also going to be no 3G. Um, just uh, just a question. Why why do you guys think this is the case? Um, it's uh, personally, I think this is to their disadvantage for that phone. Um, I know that it's got Wi-Fi and there's a lot of Wi-Fi uh, hotspots around, but there are those people that um, are like you and me that uh, want the fastest and latest and greatest. Well, except Joey on his cell phone. Anyways, um, yeah. Why do you guys think? They are lacking on this one. Um, anyways, appreciate it. Bye. All right, Ryan. Thank you very much for that. The uh, the the iPhone, I agree, uh, probably could have had a 3G. Uh, and now that we're seeing a device uh, from you know O2 and one from Orange and one from T-Mobile in Germany, you know what's the deal? Where where is uh, the 3G in it? You know the the networks are in place. In fact, O2 is going to be have to be implementing you know a. a putting out an edge network so that it will work on it. Well, we've talked about this in the past, and I'm, Joey, I'm going to let you talk about, about this because you were the one who initially brought it up, but the, 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 the issue it comes down to how much power the 3G, uh, the 3G chip takes and what that would do to affect the battery life. And if you are someone who's using your phone and uh, to listen to music and, and to download, you know, different you know different things and to browse the web and stuff like that are you going to maybe not use it for some of those functions because you're afraid that the battery life is going to be impacted um and i think that's probably the underlying factor and until they can get that happy medium of whatever it is five hours of video and 10 of music or whatever it is they're probably not going to do it but uh joey what do you think do you think they're um do you think it has something else to do with this i mean you were the one who initially brought brought this fact up well, yeah, your you, your your experience with the device will be much worse if the battery dies rapidly. I remember when you first got your Humic, uh for the firmware update, you were complaining about it constantly because it would just die on you right away. Um, you know, I I suppose there there could be a little bit more to the edge thing. It, it seems bizarre that uh, O2 would have to be uh, deploying an O2 now. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, an edge network. Um, I wonder if it has to do with some of the other data networks around the world. Maybe uh, Apple thought, well, let's see. Edge is deployed almost everywhere. We can save some battery power. It costs less for our chips. We'll make more money on this device. Let's roll it out with this. And, you know, yeah. Plus, they didn't have the, uh, the iTunes available to purchase over it anyways right. ready to go. So w- there's no financial incentive for them to do 3G. Well, it's and it's also a, a way. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, it's a replay, a, a way to sell the second generation as well. You know, when exactly. they when they figure it out, and they say, okay, we figured it out for this one, so buy iPhone two. You know, <laughs> and you're ready to go. Now you uh, can buy it, I, iTunes right on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> with so, fast three G speeds. Maybe then we'll get our A two DP for stereo Bluetooth and you know podcast support and stuff like that. Uh, I was in the Apple store today, and I just, again, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm going, this is just such a, it's such a cool phone. But I it, still, it's still haven't seen it yet. 
it's no, still, I haven't it's still, either. I, I have yet to to hold it and look at it. I, it's, I've I've only seen it pictures of it on the web. That's get, it. Oh, get up to Rosedale, guys. You can go to the Apple Store there. Yeah, what they, they got one at Southdale too, I think. Right. And the Mall of America. And the Mall and the MOA. Anyway, uh, Moa. little mini, Minneapolis geography for those of you that are from that area. Um, anyway, next one here is a question from Ryan, and this is regarding the Sprint Pick 3. And Art says, hey, Joey, have you seen this feature before? I asked about it, or I asked about it, and they said it would be available once the billing has migrated. But in the meantime, um, they have offered me the Sprint at home for free. Um, Joey, what did you uh, what did you find out about this? I was I was a little confused by his question, but I, th- I think you get you've got us kind of in the right direction here. Well, I I, I hadn't heard of that feature uh, myself. Um, I haven't followed the billing too closely because I've been a plan for a long time and really don't feel like changing. But um, it I, it was interesting to uh, kind of look kind of look it up and see what it was uh, all about. Um, it it sounds like it's similar to the Sprint at Home service uh, because they're they're dropping that. And what that was was that it was uh, Sprint was giving you the ability to call your home and have your home call you uh, unlimited for five bucks a month. Um, it sounds like they're dropping that and going to more like T-Mobile favorite five phone numbers. And Altel, too, yeah, okay, has that. Yeah. And they they're gonna they're gonna do that service um, instead of but. They've got all these uh, stipulations in here to get it. Uh, it sounds like some people on the forums that I had discovered, they could some of uh, some people got it and other people didn't. Uh, it seems like reps weren't quite sure that this even existed, and it, it kind of goes from there. Um, it we'll we'll see if it actually becomes a, a a real option. Do you guys remember the old long distance commercials, the 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 MCI friends and family? I'm sick of the cycles. The, the, remember the, the calling? <laughs> That's what this is. This is a reincarnation of calling circles where, where you, you'd get the big discount if you, if you establish the circle of phone numbers that you call most frequently. It's, it's just the same thing over again. And, and it says it, it, it's only available to ensemble customers? What's that all about? I have no idea. Yeah, I I, I'm not quite sure. But at the bottom it said um, they may not know what the pick three name is but they may know what sprint to mobile means so if you do call up uh and attempt to get this on your plan try calling it uh sprint to mobile three hmm. okay hmm. some comments here from zach he says hey guys another great show as usual thanks zach appreciate that uh, i just finished listening to it in my car on my t-mobile mda um, and I wanted to point out one thing. On your show, you talked about a listener who had problems when he traveled into a different time zone. There's a workaround that I find pretty easy. In Windows Mobile Pocket PC Edition, um, not sure if you can do this with the smartphone, uh, I, I have, I'll have to fire up my dash to see. And I, I think you can, but I, again, I don't have Windows Mobile anymore, so I can't verify it. Anyway, uh, if you click uh, on the clock in the taskbar, our start settings, system tab, clock and alarms, you're able to get to the clock settings. Here you have your home time zone, and then you can also choose a visiting time zone. Just set the visiting time zone to your destination, then enter in the appointments. It will automatically adjust the times for you. Uh, Then when you are done, just switch back to your home time zone. Uh, Now that I've typed that, it seems a little complex, but trust me, it's easier to do than it is to explain. I also wanted to comment on Joey's remark that flip phones are not very popular anymore. I totally agree. I think the, the... the fact that practically all the free phones you get these carriers these days are flip phones, they kind of seem cheap. 
Uh, for a while, the fad seemed to be for thin candy bar phones like the Sliver, uh, and now it's the sliders. I bet flip phones will go away of the bell bottoms and uh, will be back in style soon enough. I don't what understand do th- that. Why? You, you know, the flip phones, they, 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 they follow the contour between your ear and your, and your mouth around your cheek. Um, they protect the buttons so nothing gets pressed accidentally. Um, I don't think, you know, I, I think what it is is with these PDA phones, you have all these, you have these full keyboards. And how do you incorporate that into a flip type design? I, I well, that's yeah, very tough. Obviously, it's very tough. Haven't been able to do it very effectively yet. What's that? What's that Nokia phone that that has that? Oh, that, the ninety one hundred or nine thousand. Is or that something? the thing that 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 flips and folds and? Yeah, it's like and, the J- the James Bond phone. Yeah, it's, you yeah. can like flip it. You can like <laughs> fold it like. You can put like three creases in the phone or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's creases. You know, it's like, and then you can iron it with an iron and put it away in your laundry. And oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it slices, it dices, it does everything. But you know what? It is. It is a good point, though. From you know, from Zach, we don't see. You don't see a lot of the the higher. Uh, I mean, you see some, but you don't see a lot. I mean, you, you find these these cheaper. Uh, you know, the free phones or the phones that are given away um, for very, very uh, uh, little money are, are typically the, the the flip phones now. So My, my Virgin Mobile Oyster was uh, $9. There you go, $9. I'm sure the technology in it was a lot more than $9 to put together. But anyway, um, we digress. Uh, comments here from Harry. Now, this will, this will take a little minute, so sit back and, and kind of absorb this because... Harry's had uh, some problems here. Harry and I talk uh, quite often during the week, and and he um, was a big BlackBerry proponent before he switched over to the iPhone. Well, he's now gone on a three-week vacation up the Pacific Coast and um, was having some problems. And his iPhone was registering on the screen that there was an invalid SIM card. So he says, when I got to an AT&T store, there were three agents behind the desk, and the store was very, very busy for a weekday. So I had to wait a while. Finally got to talk to someone. She saw the invalid SIM card message on the phone. She took the old SIM card out, put in a new SIM card. Still, the iPhone was showing invalid SIM card. She looked at me with a blank look and said, you're going to have to call technical support um, at 1-800-MY-IPHONE. So when I got back to the hotel, I called Apple. After waiting on hold in a holding pattern for 15 minutes, I was able to talk to someone. Right away, he concluded, why did 18... 18- AT&T let you walk out of the store without verifying the, the SIM card. I didn't watch the lady closely, but I'm not sure she called AT&T to activate the SIM card. She went into the back room. Maybe she called them while she was back there. Anyway, bottom line from Apple uh, uh, Tech Care was that before I'd walked out of the store, they should have proved to me that the SIM card would work in any phone. Uh, he couldn't say for sure, but then inferred that they should be able to hook up the iPhone to a PC in the store and have the setup process start. Um, when I do that here on my laptop, I get invalid SIM card from iTunes. Also, I'm starting to see the idea of the user configures his mobile device using his or her computer um, could potentially have a lot of problems. Uh, with all previous mobile phones that I've owned, um, 
if I had a problem, I would go to the store, and when I walked out, the device was working. Today, the AT&T lady was able to send me out of the store without the device working whatsoever. She blinked at me and claimed she'd replaced the SIM card, done her part, and I, w- and I was ready to go. However, my mistake was, as the Apple Tech Care pointed out, I should have had them prove to me that it was working. I've seen the singular store folks do that before by sticking a SIM card into another device to check it out. Anyway, uh, here's another problem with the AT&T folks. The Apple tech suggested before they send you home again, have them connect the phone to the, the um, a laptop to prove that the configuration process starts. Uh, most cell phone shops that I've seen don't have laptops sitting around uh, for that kind of thing. But he said um, it, would, it told me the phone might be, must be bad uh, because it was saying invalid SIM card. So he said the next step was to go to the Apple store. So now... I'm going to stop right in the middle and say, just imagine yourself in his situation. He's gone through all of this. He is on vacation. So now he has to locate an Apple store. So he says, I found an Apple store at Stones Gate Shopping Center, just a few miles north of of Highway 1 where I was. I got to the Apple store and once again went through the whole story. The Genius Bar guy pulled out the new SIM out of the card that the AT&T lady had inserted in my iPhone and put the SIM into another iPhone. The... um, the SIM card won't work in an iPhone because the iPhone requires a special SIM card. He was about ready to send me away again with a phone that didn't work. He was going to tell me to go back to AT&T and have them get me the proper SIM card. At this point, I lost it. I told them that I was on vacation and I didn't want to go hunting down yet another AT&T store. I knew it probably would take another hour to hunt down a store, uh, then another hour wrangling, um, wrangling it at the store. I asked why couldn't they just exchange phones. The guy went and talked to his manager, came back, said that they would do the exchange, um, he gave me the bogus SIM card and told me to show it to AT&T if I had any problems. I'm now in Bodega Bay, California. Got a new iPhone. It's working. Hopefully AT&T won't charge me the $30 for the activation. Um, if they do, the Apple, Apple guy at the store said to call AT&T and protest. Bottom line, if anyone ever asks me if they should buy an iPhone from an AT&T store or an Apple store, I'd definitely tell them that they should go to the Apple store. So long story short, what a pain just to get a phone working. Now, Apple really stepped it up, I think, on this one and did what they should do, and that is just giving him a brand new phone. You know, he's on his vacation. He's having all these issues. Just give him a new phone that's working. You know, bottom line, they did the right thing, and I think this is really um, probably, you know, probably some more more reasons why um, why Apple really does a good job. What do you guys think about this one? Yeah, I, it, it's, tough to, it's tough to point the finger because you're dealing with the hardware company and you're dealing with the you know the carrier. Normally, you know, AT&T supports their own devices, and that's the the only choice you get. But they'll figure out how to work this probably a little better in the future. Um, obviously, the the person at the AT&T store should have been a little more up up speed on what the iPhone required. But again, you know they're not paid commission to fix phones, so they have no motivation to really help the customer at that point. Sure. I mean, why, you know, they're, like I said, though, they did the right thing. And I think that's, that's the bottom line for Harry. And I, I'm really glad he got taken care of because, oh, I, I, it's, oh, it's, it's, just, it's an awful feeling. It's such a pain. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, we've got a comment here from Jared, and he says, Hope you all are well. I stumbled across a very cool application. It's called VTAP, and what it does is it brings YouTube, Google Videos, and a bunch of news uh, site videos to your Windows Mobile 5 and 6 device. The search function is solid, and it searches all of the sites in one list. To install it, you just need to... All you need to do is go to vtap.com from your Windows Mobile device and download it over the air. 
Um, I don't have a Windows Mobile device that um, uh, with Windows Mobile 5 or 6 at hand, so I couldn't really verify this, but I certainly appreciate it. So if you're looking to try something out to get uh, YouTube on your phone, you can go with that. Next, we've got a voicemail here from Jesse, and he has some questions. Actually, he has a couple of questions for us. Hey, guys. This is Jesse from South Carolina, and I was calling because I have two questions. First off, I have a Motorola W315 for Altel. I was wondering if you knew of a driver for it where I can hook it up to my computer because it has a mini USB, but not having to pay the $50 for Motorola phone tools to be able to transfer files back. And also, I have a two-year Altel contract that has been almost a year and I think two or three months. And... Um, I have had to go through, I think, five or six phones because of mechanical problems. And I was one, hoping that you knew of a way that that might get me out of my contract. Uh, thank you. Uh, love the show. Uh, thanks. Bye. All right, Jesse, we'll start out here with the Motorola W315 question. That is a... Um, an I know what you're trying to do, and you're trying to get it hooked up so that you can transfer ringtones, pictures, and stuff like that back and forth to it without actually uh, buying the software for it. Uh, what you're probably going to be looking for is the Motorola phone tools, and I'll put a link in the show notes here for you. Um, it says it supports the uh, W315, um, but I have not been able to verify it, of course, because I don't have one, uh, but it I've used this in the past for a Razer phone, and I know a lot of people have used this for their Razer phones, there's a lot of functions that you can use with it. So check out Motorola Phone Tools. Um, I, I think there may be a, um, a cost to it here. Um, Joey, did you see something no, on this when I you were searching for it? I think it is free. I think it is. Okay, okay. Okay, well, very, very good then. We'll check that one out, and um, hopefully that'll get you going in the right direction with that one. Um, on your second question here, you're halfway through your two-year contract. Um, you know, we talked about this back on show number 50 with you, and um, there are warranties on each each phone, and really what you should be doing is working directly with Altel to make sure that if you're having problems with the phone and you go through multiple phones, and at the end of it, they can't, you, you keep having the same problems, um, get to the right person that will get you a phone that will be able to uh, to service your needs. Uh, that's not that phone that doesn't have those, those problems. Um, generally there's not any national cell phone lemon laws to refer to. And so you may have to go through local better business bureaus or something like that, but there's nothing, there's nothing really in there that would be uh, pro consumer in that it, it allows you to get out of a contract for that. I'm guessing if you put up enough of a stink, you may be able to do it. Um, but bottom line, you know, if you're really that upset, just pay the money, just get out of it and move on. Um, Joey, you're, we, you and I talked about this before. Um, yeah, this wouldn't get him out of his contract. No. There's no way this would get him out of his contract. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll he'll have to probably either change devices or just pay the, the end of contract. All right, well, that just about wraps it up. We uh, covered everything we wanted to today. Aaron, thank you very much for taking the time uh, to spend with us this weekend. Certainly appreciated having you on. Oh, my pleasure. This has been a great time. Absolutely. Joey, again, thank you as always. And uh, until next time, have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening. Take care.